I've talked about handling emergency scenarios a few times now, but there are other ways to guide you in making good sound logical decisions, especially under times of duress. And these are decision-making models. In this episode, I'll look at several models in use in the industry and give you one that I think best suits general aviation applications for student pilots right through to airline level. All that and more coming right up, so strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 33 of Flight Training Australia, the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host, Trent Robinson. Thank you for joining me. In case you missed it, I launched the YouTube channel just last week. So thank you again for all the messages already received. Thank you for everyone taking the time and uh, for all the likes. Really appreciate it. There'll be more coming. Uh, it certainly takes a bit more time to put together than ep- uh, podcast episodes, but uh, rest assured I'll, I'll stick with that and make sure there's some really great stuff coming your way soon. Uh, if you can help me out with that, of course, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications, and as soon as I get 100 subscribers, I can make a custom URL, which will make it so much easier to find than the mix of alphabet letters currently following the address. Of course, you can also help me out on Patreon. It's the VIP membership platform for Flight Training Australia. Exclusive content, early access to the podcast episodes, and YouTube content, early access. Plus, uh, after three months membership for the top two tiers, you get a sticker or your very own coffee mug, which you can fill with your favorite beverage whilst getting comfy and listening to the latest episode. Your support means I can finance the cost of hosting the equipment and uh, everything that's needed to produce each episode. So check that out, patreon.com forward slash flight training Australia. Also coming up... Uh, Part of a CASA initiative is a safety workshop. This one's being uh, presented by CareFlight as part of the CASA sponsorship program for 2022. So CareFlight will be hosting a safety workshop or a remote aerodrome workshop. It's going to be on Tuesday, the 14th of uh, June. So just in a few weeks' time. And it'll be from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the CareFlight uh, hangar facility at Darwin Airport. And it'll be focusing on all the challenges of operating to remote areas and airstrips uh, across the NT, uh, especially with how to deal with uh, weather forecasting and information with when there is none, uh, just relying on gas and things. Also, how to work out uh, details on remote airstrips, all the commercial considerations and things you you need to know. It's going to be a fully catered event, so stay by. Uh, stand so stand by for registration information. And that will be in the link description for this episode. All right, so at the moment, I am flat out into multi-engine IFR training at the moment, also doing a lot of annual proficiency checks for uh, operators up here in Darwin. And this has given me great insight into what I want to talk about in this episode, which is the handling of in-flight emergencies. We all know there are checklists and procedures found in the POH, um, or the Aircraft Flight Manual, the AFM, But it's how we go about firstly employing these actions and decisions on what we do and how we react before, during and after, which can have a big effect on the outcome on the uh, the scenario at hand. So as always, let's just remember that sitting here stress-free, kicking back with our Flight Training Australia coffee mug, 
It's easy to think about the process, what we'd like to do and how we'd like to react, even though regular training and, and practice until we are in the actual emergency situation, we just don't really know how we're going to react and perform. So we do rehearse drills either in simulators or in flight. And again, depending on the complexity, either in full or in part. Uh, but as I alluded to earlier, it's what else that we do that can determine a successful outcome overall. So decision-making models are implemented to help pilots make good decisions under duress. In the airlines, there's numerous mnemonics. I mean, in aviation, there's a stack of mnemonics. I mean, my God, I've seen mnemonics for the sake of mnemonics. But uh, as far as decision-making models, there's ones like I-grade, DODAR, SAFE, TIGER, FATE, uh, to name but a few. Right? But without going through each one, they're essentially doing the same thing. Fly the aeroplane. What's the problem? What are our options? Take the course of action and monitor the result. All right, so these models are carefully chosen on their individual complexities based on the application to the operation in question, the type of aircraft, the number of crew, etc. The one I'm going to use today doesn't make a word, unfortunately, but it goes by the following. RCCS DDRM. And this stands for Recognize, Control, Contain, Safe Flight, and Diagnose, Decide, Review, and Monitor. Now, sounds a bit bigger, a bit longer than the others, but it's really easy to follow. And I really feel it takes you through the decision-making model uh, process in the best way for general aviation applications. All right, this is the model we used at CareFlight. And uh, like I said, at all the ones I've looked at, I really feel it fits in well. And as a matter of fact, I literally just used this just the other day. Um, we had a genuine undercarriage failure, and this is the uh, process that I employed and, and taught to the pilot I was with. So let's go through it, and I'll explain how I used it uh, throughout the emergency process. So first up is recognize, exactly as it sounds. Recognize what's wrong, what has failed. So in our case, I recognized it much earlier than the pilot flying. The gear lever was selected, and that's all that happened. And those that have flown with me, and I'm sure many other instructors say this as well, that that is not the undercarriage. All that is is a lever. It's a button, it's a knob, it's a switch. Activating the lever doesn't mean anything. It's the indications and the verifications of that activation that we need to be focusing on. So there was no gear sounds, there was no pitch or attitude change with the nose, there was no green lights. All right. We turned base, the gear was called down and locked, still no green lights. The pilot did, however, note that we were a bit fast and the aircraft didn't feel right. Turning final, naturally, based on our normal sort of timing on base, we overshot final a bit and it wasn't until the puff check or pitch, undercarriage down, full flap and cow flap checks on final that this alerted them to the fact that the gear was indeed not down and locked. They saw there were no greens. At this point, they initiated a go around. So it was here that the failure was finally recognized. And this is the time to highlight as well that the recognition of the issue is not necessarily when it happens. It may not get picked up for some time after. It could be oil temps or pressures changing, anything like that, and we don't pick that up until we glance across and notice the gauges have changed. So once we've recognized the problem, 
we would go and deal with it, right? Well, no. We must maintain control of the aeroplane. And this seems obvious. And as I've raised in uh, other episodes, uh, 14, 23, I'm talking about uh, engine failure procedures and processes. Jumping straight into the drill is going to be uh, detrimental to the safety of the aircraft. We must remain in control of the aeroplane. So in our case, the aircraft was flying fine. We just had to ignore that the gear wasn't working. Despite our mass curiosity and desire to want to try and do something, we just got to forget about it and fly the aircraft. So for us, the process was we're just going to climb and get back to circuit altitude to start with. So we did a go around. Now we want to contain the issue. So we've got recognize, control, contain. So we must contain the issue without doing too much or too little. How do we know what to do? Again, consult the POH or the AFM. In section three, this is the standard uh, flight manual emergency procedures section for your aircraft. Funnily, it comes before the normal procedures in section four. So in there, we're going to find a list of actions. Depending on the aircraft, its age and how it's been compiled, sometimes it's got immediate actions and some that can be done later. Immediate actions are memory items. What does that mean? Let's just say we've had an engine failure after takeoff. You don't have time to pull out a manual. You've got to react and you've got to do something right away. All right, so these are what we call your phase one checks. If you're in passenger carrying transport, formerly known as charter for those playing at home, your company may have an emergency checklist or QRH. QRH being a quick reference handbook. This checklist has been modified slightly and sort of spelt out in some sense that it's got bold writing or the checklist is written in a shaded box for the phase one memory item checks. So these are the checks that you must learn from memory. Some aircraft might only have a few. Others could have some 60 odd. And obviously that's to deal with more complex aircraft. All right, so these are the ones you've got to learn by memory. Anything else that's not in bold or outside the shaded box are phase two checks. We'll come back to those later. What if you don't have a company checklist or QRH that has split these up? Well, the solution to that is you need to just have a bit of a look at the checks and sort of figure it out yourself. It will start to become obvious. And the, the way to look at it is, do I need to do this now? So for an engine failure, we need to get the nose down, select the paddock and put it down. Other things like uh, shutdown checks or securing engines and that sort of thing would be done if we have time. But usually that's going to happen later. In a multi-engine aeroplane, we just need to do our mixture up, pitch up, power gear, flap up, feather the engine, and that's it. Do I need to shut down the mixture, turn off the mags and everything else? No, we can do that later. All right, so that's contain. Once we've contained the issue for now, so in our case, we did nothing, we just did a go around, we need to establish safe flight. All right, all we want to do is contain the problem just to try and prevent it getting worse or leading into another problem. So establish the aeroplane in the safe flight, meaning a safe position. Generally, it's going to be altitude. Lower safe or a minimum safe altitude or just 
something that's safe away from the ground. It can be airspace. We might need to leave the circuit. We might need to leave the control zone just to get in an area away from everybody and everything so we can focus on the problem and deal with it. And that leads us to our next phase. So there's our first bit. Recognize, control, contain, safe flight, RCCS. The next part is once we've established ourselves at altitude, aircraft's all set, we've got time now that we don't have to be looking outside. We can sort of look inside, read guides and manuals and things and go through it all. And this is diagnose. Now, under the stress of the moment, we may have misdiagnosed the problem or we may have got it correct, but we may have missed a memory item in the checklist. So this part is a bit more relaxed, all right? You've done a great job so far. The issue has been recognized, aircraft's under control. All we need to do now is call in the help and confirm that we've done everything correctly. So the form of help can be pulling out the QRH or the checklist and go through it all. All right, sometimes there are several failures that can look like each other and the responses can be slightly different. Maybe not be anything critical, but we want to go through and check. So we pull out the QRH and we go through the phase one checks again. Once we've verified that we have correctly diagnosed the problem and reacted accordingly, we now check to see if there's any phase two checks that need completing. All right, the things that could wait for later. So in our undercarriage scenario, this was actually the first time we did anything about trying to fix the undercarriage. Right, the usual reaction is to try and push a circuit brake or recycle the gear, something like that. And in some checklists, this may be the appropriate response, but that would generally be it. In this instance, it was all phase two checks. So we now went through step by step, checked that we had power, checked our circuit breakers, checked the gear position, checked our lights, weren't dimming the gear lights. We knew that wasn't the problem because we didn't feel the gear come down. We were flying fast. All right. So now we do step by step, no jumping to complete conclusions or doing what we think we should do. Read the checklist, perform the action, read the next item in the checklist. So now the checklist is complete. Now it's time to decide what to do. What are we going to do next? Do we land at the nearest airport? Do we land at the nearest suitable airport? Yes, there is a difference. Okay, just because there's a runway below us, it might not be suitable for our aircraft or the situation that we have. I discussed this in episode 23. So for us, the manual undercarriage extension process worked. We had three solid greens. The aircraft felt slow, sluggish. There was no uh, further worries or concerns. So we just monitored the gear lights. If there was something else, we may have to elect to go elsewhere. There might be other subsequent checklists. For example, if we've now shut down an engine, we may now have a phase two, one engine and operative approach checklist to go through. All right, so we decide the best uh, point of call, where to go based on the weather, the situation, approaches, our aircraft, emergency services, all these things, and off we go. And after that, it's a matter of just reviewing what we've done so we just rebrief ourselves that, okay, so yes, we have had an undercarriage failure. We've performed the extension. We have all the indications we need. Everything's looking good. Darwin's just over there. Let's fly the aircraft with the gear extended and we'll land normally and just monitor, which is our last step. All we have to do is just monitor the situation to ensure it doesn't develop further or deteriorate. If it does, 
we're going to be in that safe flight zone. So we can just re-diagnose, decide what to do again, and deal with it as per our checks and processes. All right, so that process will help you not make any errors. It will keep everything in a logical flow whilst you're under a bit of stress and pressure there. So just remember there's recognize, control, contain, safe flight, diagnose, decide, review, and monitor. I hope you like it. Uh, have a go in your next uh, emergency scenario. Again, obviously, for something like an engine fire after takeoff, you're not going to be going through all those sort of things. But for other emergencies, uh, electrical failures, avionics failures, gear failures, engine failures, uh, in crews, etc., engine fires, these are all processes that you can use so that we make good decisions and we have as positive an outcome as possible for you all. Thanks for listening today. Uh, again, you can email me info at trentrobinsonaviation.com.au flick me your questions or uh, whatever it is you want to say love to hear from you all you can also follow me on Facebook Instagram Trent Robinson Aviation and as I mentioned earlier YouTube is Flight Training Australia uh, with a link in the description attached to this episode for those of you in Darwin remember to put in your diary Tuesday 14th of June 5pm to 8pm uh, the workshop at CareFlight where I'll be uh, guest speaking along with others and again the registration details will be in the description below or on social media very very soon until then blue skies and remember the golden rule aviate navigate communicate cheers everyone <laughs>